It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all having a great day whenever you hear this. A lot to get to as we normally have a lot to get to on this daily podcast, but we need to talk some more BYU basketball. The situation revolving around the BYU basketball head coaching search continues to evolve. We'll talk about that. BYU baseball sees their eight-game winning streak snapped as they lose their fourth straight to the University of Utah last night. A tough loss for the Cougars in Salt Lake City. And we'll also get to some BYU football news and notes. I mentioned that we we're going to start breaking down uh, the different position battles coming out of spring ball. We'll get to that as well on today's podcast as well as updating you on everything else going on in BYU sports like we normally do. Alright, with that let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for April 3rd, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. I also work for the Zone Sports Network in my day job up here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Wednesday. Thanks again for joining me on today's podcast. Of course, the BYU basketball coaching search kind of carries the headlines right now in terms of what BYU fans are really paying attention to. I know spring ball's in the rearview mirror. BYU baseball doesn't necessarily carry a huge amount of attention, but they did lose an eight-game winning streak last night in an 8-6 to loss to the University of Utah. BYU baseball has now lost four straight going back to last year to the Utes. Kind of crazy to think about that considering BYU just got a national ranking number 24 yesterday and then they go out and lose, but tough sledding for BYU baseball. Hopefully they can end that streak when they face off against the Utes again later this month. Alright, I wanted to get to some BYU basketball news and notes. Still talking to a lot of people and hearing from a lot of people about what's going on with the BYU basketball coaching search. Uh, Mark Pope remains the front runner for the job. BYU administration is very engrossed in trying to get a deal done with him, uh, but there's, there's other things taking place around it. Um, I had a, a listener, I'm trying to think of the name right now, I don't have it in front of me, reached out to me and asked me, Jake, what would the what would the different offers be that be holding up a deal for Mark Pope at BYU? Well, I'm just thinking that there's offers holding him up. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking that it's him thinking that there are bigger opportunities for him elsewhere potentially. He was rumored to be in, in the mix for the Cal job, for the UNLV job. If Eric Musselman is indeed leaving for the Arkansas job in the Southeastern Conference, that does the Nevada job, the Wolfpack, who had a very good year this past year, maybe not as good as their fans or they expected overall, but do, does he become a candidate there to take over from Musselman, who's built that program into a Mountain West power? There's opportunities for Mark Pope. He's done good things at UVU. He also could stay put. UVU has got a very stacked roster going into next season legitimately could um, have claim to being a dark horse or a contender for the Western Athletic Conference crown next year entering their first NCAA tournament berth you have the reigning WAC player of the year Jake Toulson coming back you have the WAC freshman of the year coming back as well so 
there's a lot of different things in play. And does Mark Pope see himself being a BYU as a destination job? I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dick Harmon's latest column in the Deseret News. He did a great job kind of breaking this down, what's going on with the BYU candidate coaching search. He asked these questions, and these are questions I've heard from multiple people connected with the search as well. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Dick is talking to, but we probably talk to people who run in the same circles. He says, is it, is he, is it easier to win a conference title and get into the NCAA tournament at Utah Valley or BYU these days? It's a great question. Is it easier to enroll recruits at Portland State and Utah Valley than BYU? Well, I can think I would think so because most of those two schools are open enrollment schools for the most part. How many programs receive as much TV exposure as BYU? That is a great point as well. Is BYU is the BYU job a lifetime dream job for the prospective candidate or a stepping stone to something bigger, say in the Southeastern Conference, a la Kentucky for Mark Pope? And then finally, is it a destination job like it was for Rose or today? Is it viewed as a cul-de-sac where a career ends? Those are all valid questions. There are questions I've had multiple people tell me, but speaking to people as recently as last night is that Mark Pope is the front runner for the job. Uh, guys like Kevin Young, Mark Madsen are also in the mix, guys who are, have NBA backgrounds. Barrett Peary, the Portland State coach, that's what uh, the reference to Portland State was here in Dick Harmon's column, is also in the mix. Quincy Lewis, current BYU interim head coach, he is also going to get interviewed here. The question is, if Quincy Lewis, and this is also something that he brings up uh, in Dick Harmon's column, and I'll tweet, I'll link this in the show notes. He says, is it fair to a guy like Lewis, the current interim coach, or Barrett Peary, or John Judkins from Dixie State, or any of the NBA guys, that if BYU doesn't hire Mark Pope or Alex Jensen, uh, they'd be upset? Well, here's the thing. BYU fans will have their favorites. I've had multiple people tell me they want Alex Jensen, who was interviewed for the job over the weekend, according to Tony Jones from The Athletic. We talked about that yesterday. If they don't get Mark Pope and they end up having to filter through all these different candidates and they end up hiring a guy guy like Quincy Lewis, who has built his reputation coaching at the high school level before joining BYU staff under Dave Rose. He played collegiate basketball at a high level at Wagner. He played in D1, but his coaching experience is only as an assistant at the D1 level. If he ends up as the head coach, what do you as BYU fans say? And talking to a couple of friends of mine who are huge BYU fans last night, they said that they'd be absolutely stunned, disappointed, and ultimately probably would have some buyer's remorse in terms of letting Dave Rose go or having Dave Rose retire, depending on how you see that, how you see that situation having played out. I think I've made myself very clear on where I stand on that previously, but it's very interesting here. And like I said, currently the front runner for the job is Mark Pope. BYU administration is working to get a deal done there, but Pope could opt to stay at UVU. He could be in the mix. Let's say Virginia Tech decides to come calling out West. They're probably going to lose their head coach, Buzz Williams, to Texas A&M. They may have to look elsewhere. They may not want to just jump and take a guy from the WAC and bring him to the ACC, which is one of the premier basketball conferences in the country. But a guy like Mark Pope, who has won 20-plus games multiple times at UVU, is firmly on the radar of multiple programs at the P5 and the high mid-major level because of what he's done at UVU. And that's no slight against UVU, but UVU is considered a backwater in terms of college basketball. Having recently made the jump to D1, they don't have much of a basketball history. They had some good runs as a JUCO, but as a D1 program have not done much. Mark Pope has done great things there. So 
it's all going to be up to Mark Pope, I think, at this point, what he ultimately sees his future being. Does he see himself as a, at a bigger program? Does he see BYU being a stepping stone to that? Or would he see BYU as a program that he can come into and he's going to struggle at and then his opportunities elsewhere maybe dry up? He has to determine what he's going to do. I know there are high-level boosters. We're talking boosters with deep, deep pockets that are firmly in Pope's camp. We'll see what plays out. I I worry that BYU might find themselves up a creek without a paddle if things don't work out with Mark Pope. Or and Alex Jensen, I can pretty much tell you guys, I think, like I said yesterday, he took that interview as a courtesy and he said, thanks, but no thanks. That's essentially what I've been told and what I believe was the, was the gist of that interview. He took it as a courtesy and he said, hey, thanks for the opportunity, but I kind of see my career playing out in the NBA and I don't blame him one bit. So, the BYU coaching search continues on, but I thought Dick Harmon did a good job breaking down exactly kind of what I've heard talking to multiple people over the last few days, as recently as last night. And as he says in this, the more phone calls and conversations I have, the more interesting this hire becomes. Speaking of the column that Dick Harmon wrote, and I absolutely agree, it gets more and more convoluted the more people I talk to. I have uh, people reaching out to me all the time saying, well, so-and-so's in the mix, and this person's in the mix, and this person's out of the mix, and all the different things. But the people I trust the most, the people I are my go-to sources, hashtag sources, say that it is Mark Pope as the front runner. Guys like Kevin Young from the NBA, Alex Jensen would be guys that they would want they BYU would absolutely be interested in but it's a matter of those guys being interested in coming back to the college game after spending a long time in the pro game at, at the in the NBA level and I feel, feel like Alex Jensen is pretty much, yeah, that's not going to happen. So It'll be interesting to see what shakes out finally. It's going to continue on. The NCAA has their Final Four Coaches Convention this week in Minneapolis. Uh, A lot of coaches do a lot of networking at this time. Mark Pope, I'm sure, will be in attendance at that. I don't expect BYU to make a deal before then to lock him down so that he could go out and recruit assistants because that seems like just far too quick of a a period of time to get that done because it's taking place this weekend and everything I've told is that no offers have been made officially to any candidate including Mark Pope so this gets deeper and deeper and more and more intriguing the more I talk to people and of course we'll keep you updated on it as it all plays out but Everything I have been told, the people I have talked to that I trust the most say that Mark Pope is the front runner for the job. And if it has to go elsewhere, then they'll kind of reevaluate. But pretty much they're, they're, they're banking on Mark Pope taking this job at BYU. And we'll see how it all plays out. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. A reminder for you guys, though, if you are looking for a new podcatcher, the Locked On Podcast Network is proud to have partnered with the Himalaya Podcast app. It's been a fantastic new podcast app. Got a lot of money behind it. A bunch of those tech ventures that have money behind them. Well, Himalaya is no different. Always rolling out new features. They have personally curated playlists. You can create lists of podcasts that you can put together so you can listen to everything you want. Check it out, guys. The Himalaya Podcast app. If you need a new podcatcher, I've started moving over to it. I was a longtime Apple Podcast user. I started moving to Himalaya, and I've really enjoyed it. So check it out, guys. Locked on Cougars Podcast, Locked on Podcast Network, all available now on the Himalaya Podcast app. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, 
and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news in podcast form. Want to make sure you're always up to date on the latest in BYU news. Now with BYU football and spring ball in the rearview mirror, we kind of enter the offseason where players will run practices. They call them PRPs or player run practices. Coaches are not allowed to have direct contact with the players and coach them on the field, but players are very aware of what they have to do this offseason to get themselves ready for training camp coming up late July, early August. Of course, BYU will have their media day in mid to late June, kick off those conference media days. BYU is always the first one out because they do it a full almost month ahead of most uh, conferences, but that's not a bad thing. It gives BYU fans something to look forward to in a long, barren stretch of BYU football news, but we're going to make sure we always have BYU football covered for you here on the podcast because it's, it's, I feel like it's my job to keep you guys up to date, and I always enjoy talking BYU football. I wanted to talk about the different position groups revolving around BYU football coming out of spring ball heading into the fall. And today I wanted to talk about the punter position. I know that's not a sexy position, but it's got some intrigue to it. Danny Jones was a highly thought of prospect coming from Pro Kick Australia. The Australian native was a guy that BYU coaches, Ed Lamb, who's the special teams coordinator, was very intrigued by. Felt like he could be a big difference maker for BYU in the punt game. A former Australian rules player who could uh, kick with both feet, could do that rugby-style punt that BYU and Ed Lamb seemed to favor very effectively, and that the thought was that he would come in and take the job. Well, that didn't necessarily prove to be the case because he came in, Danny, speaking of Danny Jones, and didn't necessarily have the best of uh, fall camps, showed some inaccuracy issues, some inconsistent issues, incon- some consistency issues, not some inconsistent issues, consistency issues. And I think that the coaching staff was a little bit uh, taken back by how it all went down. I felt like they thought that he would come in and do it. Well, you, now Danny Jones has been competing this spring ball with two kickers that BYU has on their roster in Jake Oldrade and Skylar Southam. And I was talking to somebody just the other day who said that Danny Jones, I, I thought that if Danny Jones didn't win the punter position, I thought he could move to another position. He's a big bodied player. Like I said, a former Australian rules uh, player, 6'4", 245 pounds, screams to me tight end or a linebacker potentially. But uh, based on what I've heard from people recently is that Danny Jones might actually leave BYU football. He's currently listed as a junior, had two years of eligibility remaining. If he were to transfer, he'd likely have to sit out a year without getting a hardship waiver and have one year remaining. We'll see how that plays out. But the person I talked to normally is pretty spot on about this. feels like Danny Jones may depart the BYU football program during this upcoming offseason. So we're talking the next few months and before BYU opens spring camp. I mean, spring camp, fall camp. So we'll see what happens 
happens there. So that leaves BYU really in a bind because Brett Matthews is the only other punter listed on BYU's roster coming out of spring ball. A five foot nine, 175 pound senior, a walk on, formerly of Timview High School, was a walk on that apparently impressed coaches enough to add him to the roster. But that would be interesting to have no actual punter that's a scholarship player on the roster until Austin until not Austin Rico Austin Rico plays for the Salt Lake Stallions well formerly of the Salt Lake Stallions Ryan Rico Austin Rico's younger brother it comes in this fall but would he be ready to go I, I believe he gets back in the middle of training camp if not a little bit later so I don't expect him necessarily to step in and be like hey guys I'm fresh off a of mission let me go kick so that would leave BYU trying to decide between Jake Oldroyd and Skyler Southam as their punter. Uh, Jake the Make, of course, was the star for BYU as a freshman. Uh, actually ended up redshirting at, due to a medical issue he had shortly after winning that Arizona game back in 2016. He is back off a of mission and kicked relatively well in spring ball, competing with Southam, who was the kicker last year. Uh, flashed some big-time potential a year ago, I thought Southam did, but this spring wasn't as consistent. Uh, Southam is a guy who also punted in high school. Same with Jake Oldroyd, but it'll be interesting to see which of those two guys if BYU finds themselves in this bind and like I said I'm not saying that Danny Jones is for sure going to leave just somebody I spoke with thought that he would likely leave this offseason that would be a blow to BYU and you now have to transition either Jake Oldred or Skyler Southam and have one of them kick and one of them punt I know both have the ability to do so but as punters do they have the expertise do they have the hang time do they have the distance that you want do they have the ability to get the ball high enough and far enough down the field to allow your coverage team to get into position to prevent big returns and also down opponents on the foot the field as they say in college football that's an interesting story and it's a storyline that I'm very intrigued by like I said the punter position doesn't hold a lot of a lot of water and whatnot. BYU fans don't necessarily pay attention to it. But if what is I'm being told right now is going to go down, you lose Danny Jones this offseason. He decides to go, depart for another program or whatever he decides to do. All of a sudden, you are left with a potential return missionary coming in the middle of training camp, being your potential top punter, speaking of Ryan Rico. Or you transition one of your two young kickers over to punter and hope that they have the ability to train and get the expertise down and the form, whatever you need them need them to do to be the guy that can be a consistent punter for you. I think this could be an issue for BYU in training camp. We'll be tracking it. Like I said, I'm not reporting that Danny Jones is for sure going to leave, but one of my people that I talked to about this indicated that he could be leaving this offseason, and that would be a massive blow to BYU. In terms of other specialists, the kicking position, yeah, it's going to be down to Jake Oldroyd and Skylar Southam. We'll see who wins out in training camp. I feel like coming out of spring ball, Jake Oldroyd is the, was the better kicker, the more consistent kicker. We'll see, though. Once training camp hits, Skyler Southam's got a lot of time now to work on his form, regain some of his mental composure, if that's something that's been an issue for him, and get back to this, the form he showed last year at points. He won the Wisconsin game for BYU. Their biggest win last year was thanks to Skyler Southam. So I don't expect him to shy away from the opportunity or the challenge that Jake Oldroyd is presenting, but it will be interesting to see 
who wins out in that. Scott Anderson is also on the roster coming out of spring ball, a 5'9", 155-pound kicker from Carrollton, Georgia. He's listed as a sophomore, a walk-on at a central Carrollton High School down there in Georgia. We'll see if he factors into the mix. And then finally, specialist-wise, BYU, I feel like, has a very steady deep snapper in Mitch Harris. He got a year back uh, due to a medical issue earlier on in his career at BYU. He was very good a year ago, supplanting the other uh, long snapper. So I feel like Mitch Harris has got the deep snapper position locked down. BYU should be good to go there. You never don't want you never want to know the name of the deep snapper, nor do they want their name known unless well you don't they don't want to know they don't want their name known because that means they've probably screwed up. But Mitch Harris was very good a year ago. He enters his redshirt senior year, six foot four, two hundred nineteen pound player out of Gilbert, Arizona, and Perry High School. He's been with BYU his entire career, grinding and grinding. Finally got his opportunity a year ago and has proven to be very steady. So punter position. A lot of, lot of intrigue, a lot of worry that they could be stuck without a proven option at that position. We'll see. But also, I feel like the kicking game and the deep snapper position are very much set in stone, and BYU should be good to go in both of those departments. So two out of the three, in terms of the specialists, are good to go. One is a big-time worry, at least in my mind. Let me know what you think. You can follow us on Twitter. The show can be found on on Twitter, Pinterest. No, not Pinterest. Why am I create a Pinterest page? Why not create a Pinterest page? Everybody else has one. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Let me know what you think of the specialist, if that's something you want to weigh in on. All right, we will get to more in a moment, but a reminder for you guys, it is baseball season. Major League Baseball is in their opening week, and the Locked On Podcast Network has relaunched the MLB channel. Find your favorite team and always be up to date in under 15 minutes or less with each day's podcast. Just search for Locked On, insert your team name here. I'm a Mariners fan. They're off to their best start in franchise history. Hopefully it holds up. It would surpass every expectation I had, but we're very early on into this season, but it's awesome to see that. So check it out, guys. There's also the Locked On MLB show hosted by Soli, Francis Sullivan. He is a great mind when it comes to baseball. He's also a comedian by trade, so he has some good stuff there. So check out the Locked On MLB show as well. Locked On Baseball, it's here, guys. MLB season underway, so check out all the new baseball shows on the Locked On MLB podcast channel. Thanks again for joining us. More in a moment here on Locked on Cougars. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, like we normally do here on the podcast, we catch up on all the other BYU news that you need to know about. I mentioned at the top of the podcast, but number 24 BYU Baseball lost to Utah 8-6 to last night at Smith's Ballpark in Salt Lake City. The outcome snapped a nine-game skid for Utah, who is now 8-15 on the year, and then an eight-straight, eight-game winning streak for BYU. BYU was snapped. They're now 21-6. And the most notable thing is Utah has won the last four meetings 
proceedings against the Cougars dating back to last season. So hopefully BYU can get that figured out going forward. They'll match up two more times this season. They'll be matching up a week from now, April 9th in Provo, and then also May 14th once again in Salt Lake City. Hopefully BYU can get some revenge next week. A tough loss for BYU, but they're back in action as they get back into conference action. BYU is at San Diego Thursday, Friday, and Saturday against WCC contender. The Toreros are always good, always have good players. It's a warm weather school, so it'll be interesting to see how BYU, if they're able to bounce back against the Toreros and pick up some wins there. In men's tennis, the men's tennis team jumped to the number 33 spot in the latest ITA Oracle Collegiate Tennis Division I men's national rankings. They moved up nine spots from number 42 last week after upsetting number 24 San Diego last week. So congratulations to BYU. They're now 16-3 on the year, 5-1 in West Coast Conference play. They are back at home as they host San Francisco in their last home match of the season this Friday. Also congratulations to Sam Tolis and Ben Gajardo. They were named the West Coast Conference double te- doubles team of the week for their performances last week, um, helping, the, helping BYU upset number 24 San Diego last week. So congratulations to BYU men's tennis. Uh, women's golf had a great showing yesterday in the final round of the Bruzzy at Lantana Golf Club in Argyle, Texas yesterday. Rose Huang finished tied for sixth overall at three under. Naomi Soifua and Alicia May Mateo also shot under par on the final day to tie for eighth to help BYU with that two under overall scores. So BYU as a team moved up two spots, finished in fourth place, alone in fourth place at two under for the tournament. BYU's best showing of the season in my mind at this point. To have three players inside the top ten, also a great showing. So congratulations to BYU Women's Golf. They now have a couple of weeks off to prepare for the West Coast Conference Championship, which begins on April 18th. And then one final note for you here is BYU Softball got back to their winning ways. They were on the road at Southern Utah yesterday. Libby Sugg went 4-4 at the plate yesterday with three runs, three RBIs, and a home run to help BYU win the game 13-4. Gordon Eakin, head coach, was quoted after the game saying, we competed well today in all three phases of the game. Our offense was strong from start to finish. We pitched well, and our defense was strong. So congratulations to BYU Women's Softball with that victory. They now head to Los Angeles to open up West Coast Conference play against Loyola Marymount on Friday. They'll have a doubleheader Friday and then a single game on Saturday before heading back to Utah. Finally, next week for their first home games coming up next week. So best of luck to women's softball. There you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining us. Of course, we'll keep you updated with any news that comes out about BYU basketball. Passing along everything I hear each and every day to you guys. We'll be on top of it until a hire is made, etc. We'll make sure everything is covered for you. And of course, we'll continue on with our BYU football conversations, looking at different position groups. I'm telling you guys, that punter position could be a source of consternation for BYU if the Cougars can't figure it out. All right, more tomorrow, Thursday edition of the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Those ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, really do help. I would appreciate you guys taking a minute to give us that five-star review and giving us a a rating as well. Sorry, five-star rating and also giving us a review. Excuse me. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, resident BYU insider and host here on the podcast. More tomorrow, right here on Locked on Cougars.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.